Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on yet another day for the gardening gang. We're rugged up, aren't we, Cheryl? Oh, it's cold. It's cold. I just opened the door here and Cheryl said, to our studio, that is, and she said, close the door, there's a breeze. I said, it's air conditioned. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a draft. I don't want that on my neck. I'm so cold. Okay, so it's uh, mittens on today. Mm-hmm. We're all rugged up with scarves and the like. What a treat. Talking today about gardens that heal. Yes, we are. It's about gardens that heal and what gardens can do for us and also accessible gardens because we believe here at Home with the Gardening Gang that gardening is for everyone. So we've got some amazing guests coming in. We've got one of our favourites, Clara from Permaculture Central Coast. She's also a medical scientist and she's going to prove to us that there's science behind the whole healing of gardens thing, Pete. I think it's if you do be myself. She's going to She's going to disprove that, isn't she? (laughs) And Sandy Isles also from Permaculture CC, she's joining us and she's talking about her journey with creating a wheelchair accessible garden. It's amazing. We've both been there at, at one time. And one of our local garden designers, Luke from Devo Designs, is joining us to talk about designing sensory gardens. Oh, I like that. So it's all oh, about I the smells and sounds. in my body. <laughs> Calm down, drink your tea. And also, I headed out recently to Glengara Retirement Home, and it's a fascinating little story there. There was a group of residents who got together and created a community garden together, and we'll talk about the hoops they jumped through, and the garden is amazing. So I've got that little file to play for you as well, Pete. Okay, the Gardening Gang today being sponsored by our very good friends, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, open all this weekend in Wyoming, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. And because it's windy today, I thought we'd put out an oldie here from the Association, and this is the song all about windy. Ah. Coast FM, this is Pete Little and uh, the old Sheryl and Darcy. Well, the young Cheryl and Darcy, I should say. On the radio this morning, it's the Gardening Gang, and uh, we've got a special theme today. It's called Gardening as Therapy, Healing, Mm. Spirituality in Gardens. There's all sorts of reasons people garden. I do it because... Why? My wife tells me. Why do you do it, Cheryl? I do it because it really makes me feel good. It makes so me feel happy. It's therapeutic. But also, gardening should be accessible to everybody. That's the thing as well. So we're having a little chat with our next guest about making gardens accessible to everyone. And Sandy... Sandy Isles. Yes, is joining us from Permaculture Central Coast. Hi, Sandy. Hello. She's actually created one of these gardens that's wheelchair accessible. Yeah, Sandy's got a house at uh, North Gosford. Mm-hmm. Is that North Gosford yep, or yep. Wyoming? You're right. They call no, it there. North, North Gosford. Gosford. In a very uh, traditional part of that uh, North Gosford area. And this particular property you have, it's only a basic house block, isn't it's it? It's only a small block. It's a corner block. But my mother moved in with us uh, about eight years ago now. And she was an incomplete quadriplegic uh, from a bus accident mm-hmm. and in a, an electric wheelchair. And a mad keen gardener still. So mm-hmm. we went about designing a garden that she could access uh, via wheelchair from anywhere. And she was basically in charge of growing, you know, all the the veggies in the mm-hmm. annual veggie beds. So we, we made 
um, raised beds for her at a height that was comfortable for a wheelchair. Right. Um, we actually put in wicking beds, but you could do the same with a hookle bed. Um, mm-hmm. I would suggest, you know, make them narrow enough that you don't have to reach too far across, but that yeah. you can access all the way around. But yeah. she could access other parts of the garden as well. Okay. Uh, we had quite wide paths. You mm-hmm. need to look at that. I, I guess the things you don't want to have down is, is a wood chip path for a wheelchair. It's really oh, hard to course. access. Yeah. Um, so you need to look at you know either compacted granite or paved or mm-hmm. or grass if it's not too spongy. Yeah. You, you can get around. Just you know look at what's reachable, and you you don't want stairs or steps in of your course. garden. You need ramps, and you know. Gentle inclined ramps. Um, and the other thing I would suggest is like spots where you can just stop and sit in the garden or stop and rest in the right. garden if you are putting in an accessible garden because, you know, not everyone's in a wheelchair. They might be in a walking frame, you know, they might uh-huh. be ageing. So look at, you know, things to hold on to, um, mm-hmm. seats around mm-hmm. the garden, places to stop. Mm. Yeah. And how over what period of time, uh, Sandy, did you develop this uh, uh, this accessible garden? Was it like a ten year project, five years? No, no, no. We did it very quickly. It oh. was actually um, a, a permaculture design that I did. Okay. So you know, just looking at the best places for for you know to put various things. Um, and we worked with mum. We asked her a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Are there any sort of considerations when it comes to the types of plants putting into these accessible gardens? Are there any things that you sort of found that, well, that wasn't a very good idea to plant this sort of plant or is it anything goes? No, I think anything goes. I mean, you know, um, being able to reach certain plants. I mean, one of the things that we found really handy was uh, having sort of Rio arches that mum could um move under and you grow things like peas oh. and beans and cucumbers over those it, it was easy for her easier for her to reach than to reach across a garden right. to trellis so we needed it was more consideration of what went where mm-hmm. uh, to give her the access that she needed and maintenance was there any considerations when it came to the maintenance or watering that you had to watering watering's a big one i mean a lot of hoses are very difficult to handle yeah, at the best um, of times so, but you can get some really sort of soft ones and you need to look at sort of the ergonomic nature of um, sprays and yep. things like that we found in actual fact that just getting some very small lightweight watering cans worked best for mum ah. and i guess you know or put in drip Drip irrigation or, you know, the wicking beds were quite good for that because, you know, they were quite easy to fill. Oh, and with tools? Yeah, well, I mean, you can get some tools that are quite good for sort of arthritic hands Mm -hmm. or or limited mobility, things that have got ergonomic holds and you can get some quite good mid-range like little shovels that are on like a slightly longer handle as well. Ah, so there's yeah. a few things around. We, it was a bit hit and miss, mm-hmm. but we tried different things. What, what about nourishing the garden in terms of, you know, <laughs> I know you don't need a pest control, but uh, <laughs> how, well, how's that handled by the, uh, yeah. the user? Well, for mum, it, having a worm farm was, was great because it, it wasn't, you know, grabbing the worm castings out. She could feed them and she could get the worm castings out and you didn't need a lot to go a long way, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, um, turning over a compost bed was difficult for her. We still have them because yeah. my husband and I do that, but she could look after a worm farm 
quite easily. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and, you know, worm castings and making like a worm tea fertiliser was very easy for her. And, yeah, you're right, they're very strong. So, yeah, mm. I see that. These are really it's good It's all tips. about uh, having, mm. I suppose, the user being somewhat independent of the rest of the family uh, to enjoy the garden as best they can in their own time. Mm. That's right. Mm. Yeah, mm. She, you don't want to have to feel like you've got to ask someone sure. else to do things. Yeah, yeah. See that? Mm. yeah. wonderful. Hey, thanks, Sandy. That's been really good. Oh, my pleasure. We've been talking to Sandy Isles, and she's from Permaculture Central Coast, about accessible gardens today. And you're listening to Coast FM 963 at Home with the Garden Gang. There's Benny Mardonis here at Coast FM this morning. That's all into the night. Good morning. Thanks for joining us here on The Gardening Gang today, being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. We've got some great uh, interviews today with people that are heavily involved in creating a beautiful garden, and I call them the ooby-dooby gardens, but (laughs) I've got one lady coming in soon who's going to try and disprove that it's all a bunch of ooby-dooby. Have you had any sort of transforming relationships with the occur in your garden or... Uh, Any garden? <laughs> in your own particular garden there at uh, Lake Manmora, which is a huge garden. Yes, it is. I'm on, uh, luckily, on a 1,000 square metres there. But I I have a, a sort of beautiful, I don't know if you call it spiritual, but a moving experience in any garden. I think... Yeah, right. Oh, I think most gardeners do. It gives me so much joy to be around plants and, and to garden. It, it just... it's. Therapy. It's happiness therapy in itself. And travelling overseas a few times, I've been to different places that have really, really impressed me and, and made me feel like there's got to be something more. Is it God? Is it the universe? Is it the ooby-doobies like you say? I'm, I'm not too sure, but it, it definitely well, has an effect. Not good when the wind is around. <laughs> No. Everyone gets a bit sort of uh, edgy, don't they? And I the don't like the wind. Fra- the fact that you've got this energy mm. being sparked up in your body, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is, you know, scientifically proven. And yes. because of that, you get edgy and you get short-tempered and you get annoyed. <laughs> I believe that. Do you? Come, <laughs> calm down. Have some more tea. <laughs> Morning, Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. We're talking about gardens that give you great health and no wealth, but plenty of health. <laughs> ah. a, good fe- a good feeling, good vibe. Very good vibes. Very interesting uh, topic today. And we mm. thought today we'd also talk to a real scientist. Mm. Somebody who can really go back and look at the books and go, yeah, that works because of that. Uh, it's uh, Clara Rosa from the Central Coast Area Health. And Clara, you have more than a interest in gardening. Your interest is science. And we're looking to find out why these lovely gardens cause fabulous results in people's mood and and, and well-being. Well, thanks, Pete. Yeah, two of my favourite loves, because as you guys know, I'm also the president of Permaculture Central Coast Mm -hmm. and a medical scientist. And that's not a coincidence. I think gardens are incredibly healing and good for our health. And it's not just woo-woo, Pete. There are actually a huge amount of scientific studies into the area. Wow. Yeah. I stand corrected. Okay, there we go. You're I'll always telling me it's ooby-dooby and woo-woo, but I'm <laughs> sure Clara's got the facts. 
that's right. And it's actually a very old tradition. So even Florence Nightingale in her nursing journals would mention the healing power of gardens. Really? And all over the world in different countries, people have noticed that gardens and nature and scenery have all these healing benefits. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually, you don't have to even get into the garden to feel the benefits. Oh. There are a lot of studies that show that even just looking at natural scenes improve your mood and your mental health. So there's a Japanese study where they actually hooked people up and monitored their brainwaves when they were looking at a beautiful garden versus a concrete wall and they found that there were actually changes in your brainwaves as well as reducing your blood pressure, your pulse and your muscle tension. Well, I know the the nature of endorphins. Of course, they Mm. are the chemicals and the the hormones that run around and your brain generates those and makes you feel good or bad or up or down. Yeah, not just that, but it's got an analgesic effect, which means you can actually use natural scenery as a painkiller. So they did a study into people at the dentist and people undergoing bronchoscopy and they found that when have you ever gone to your dentist and they notice they shove that tv yes they do mine does I, I just went to the dentist and that's, that's what right. he had on there well, there's that a reason all... they do that because they've noticed that when they do that people feel less pain they also have less surgical complications and reduce their length of stay and that was another study out of japan that found that wow I guess the smells at work, too, in terms of the aroma therapy, they call it, isn't it? Oh, you mean like you're smelling lavender and you're feeling relaxed? Well, this is is just images for those studies there, Pete, but there's been another randomised experiment where they got some post-operative patients staying at the hospital and they put a bunch of eight different species of indoor plants onto one ward Mm -hmm. and then they didn't put them on the other ward and they found that the patients with the plants improved their satisfaction, they had lower pain levels and they reduced their overall length of stay. And those plants are not just... Local hospital here? Oh, it wasn't here. That was a German hospital, that one. Right. Uh, uh, it was a German here? psychologist, Ulrich, I believe, who uh, did that Mr. one. He- uh, Dr. Heurich. Yes. And well known. <laughs> I'm wondering, were the patients nicer to the nursing staff as well? Oh, I was just I mean, that is Germany. I can see that benefit that you're talking about. Well, it's mm. not just looking at the plants. The plants also remove toxins, dust and microorganisms from the air, yeah. so they have a cleaning effect as well, particularly things like devil's ivy. Yep. Your monsteras, your mm. what's that mother-in-law's tongue? That's a bit of a oh yes, they're very good. Yeah, they're yeah. NASA proved that, didn't they? Like That's in their right. all their studies that they get, they, it just takes all the bad stuff. Uh, I Not bet just it was the a male juju, that put that name bad. out there, the mother-in-law's <laughs> tongue. I bet it was a <laughs> a hen-pecked husband. Oh dear. <laughs> But not just inside, like if we talk about the outdoor environment as well, there's plenty of studies that show that when you take people and you make them walk through a garden versus making them walk through a shopping centre, which is a different type of hobby for some people, (laughs) the people who walked through the garden improved their health and the people that walked through the shopping centre went backwards. So make well, of that what you will. Health and well-being wow. is what everybody's chasing. Is this why retirees tend to take on gardening or is it just that they've got nothing else to do? Well, that's right, Pete. The greatest benefit, the greatest health benefit you get is when you're actually getting into the garden. So far we've talked about looking at gardens and walking through yeah. gardens. Yeah. But when you get into the soil and actually get your hands dirty, they've found that there's microorganisms in the soil that act like a natural antidepressant. They increase your serotonin levels and improve your immunity. Not to mention that when we're outside, we're going to improve our levels of vitamin D thanks to that sunshine. Yes. And we're also going to better regulate our melatonin levels, which is going to result in a better night's sleep. Mm. And sleep is a really important part of your health. Well, we've learned a lot today. 
We've I've, we've learned Clara, so much. Have we have we been bombarded with information today from uh, the doc here? Well, I I feel like what she's done is she has proved all the things we've been talking about today as correct, scientifically correct, not just woo woo stuff. <laughs> that we have now got a medical scientist to say it's the thing. And not only that, she is the senior scientific officer at the hospital. Oh, I'm not. I am Let's one go of back. <laughs> I tell you what, if she was, I bet your Gosford Hospital would be full of houseplants. <laughs> well, that's very true, Cheryl. Good insight there today from, uh, from Clara. Uh, thanks so much for coming out today and uh, having a talk to us. You're very welcome. Saturday morning, you should be in bed or planting or gardening or oh, something. straight out into the garden, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Not taking any chances That's with my health. Coast FM, we are the Gardening Gang every Saturday morning. Good morning, Alan Graham's Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. It's the Gardening Gang. And uh, the topic today, as Cheryl mentioned earlier, was gardens that heal. Now, I've got a bit of a flu today. Not a big one. It's just the emerging cold, I think. Get away. How can this garden assist me? We're going to find out today. We've got a chap called Luke DiVincenzo. Now, Luke, you are in the gardening business. You are actually in the gardening design business. Yes, I am indeed. Both. Now, I know you're a big uh, Coast FM uh, gardening gang member. And we've invited you in today. Or, in fact... um, I think Sherilyn got down on bended knee and begged, begged you to come in yeah. and try and help us out here. Please She's quite do. good at begging. <laughs> She's a good beggar. <laughs> but uh, Devo Nurseries is your business. Now, what inspires you when you're designing a garden? Uh, I guess the first thing is is the is the purpose of why we're designing that garden. Yep. Who's it for and what's the intention for why they want it designed and mm-hmm. and what they want to create. I think Australians are pretty known to spend most of their time outdoors. Well, we've been talking today about healing gardens and also ones that are more accessible. Have you had any experience making these sorts of gardens? Heaps. We're actually doing a project at the moment where we're creating a system of boardwalks for a possible wheelchair access, well, predicted wheelchair access, Mm -hmm. which also moves to a pool area where we're having a a lift um, Mm -hmm. put into the pool. Mm-hmm. Is that a nursing home complex? No, it's a, this is a private private home. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's uh, and it's being transformed into a overgrown, lush tropical jungle paradise sort of thing. The prediction is that this guy's mother wouldn't necessarily be able to get out and about. So we're kind of bringing that that peaceful world to her. Right. To her place, yeah. Important. That's yeah, a lovely absolutely. thought. She's got two little seating areas for decking and. Mm. Yes, it's quite cool. That's a lovely thought. I was going to say, Cheryl, that mm-hmm. bringing that peaceful world to someone's yard. And I think a nice garden that heals has got that kind of inner peace yes. as part of its foundation. And how do you create peace in a garden, Luke? What do you do? So there's, I think there's, um, how much time we've got? <laughs> uh, a couple of minutes. Um, there's, um, there's so many ways to approach it and, and they're all specific to obviously... Um, who are we looking at? Are we looking at little children um, mm-hmm. interacting with the garden where they get to grow things, smell things, try things, um, activity walls where they get to play amongst the garden or are we looking at people that aren't so um, are capable of moving around through yeah. the garden so mm-hmm. we can have some interactive wheelchair access parts where plants are, um, you know, shoulder height, mid height, where they can brush their hands along things like a woolly bush, which feels like a satin oh, yeah. leaf plant. Um, 
Then also we can put in there um, the smell of plants. If they had wheelchairs crushing over lemon balms, releasing that scent of oh, lemon of lollies. Course. Wow. Going over your head, yeah, but, um, he's just, uh, now he's getting to smile then. Yeah, yeah. there's really also other plants there. like um, the, my f- absolute favourite is choc, choc mint, which smells yes. like chocolate mint slice biscuits. I, I introduced this to Pete last year. He didn't believe me. He thought it was a fantasy. And, and it's, we bought it, it is in. identical. <laughs> yeah. It's a phenomenal plant. And that just, that's the one of the easiest plants to grow as well. So a carpet of that would be. Amazing. So it is the school holidays at the moment and you did mention children. Yeah. So what sort of things do you feel should be in a garden for kids? Yeah, it's a, well, we'll go on flavours. Well, there's there's a, maybe to entice them to get into gardening. There's a, there's a plant that's flowering at the moment called a heliotrope, which is an ice cream. And wow. It is exactly vanilla ice cream. So it's absolutely amazing Beautiful. and it wafts and it's not something you have to search for. You can smell it as soon as you hit the garden. Um, so I've created this for my boys where we have a small suburban backyard, but mm-hmm. I've created a meandering pathway with little bench seats in amongst the plants. I've put little bells on bits of timber throughout the garden when they ring the bells and say it's time for the bug hunt. So they go looking for little bugs and creatures. Okay. Um, yeah. there's That's chairs. very creative, Luke. Yeah. So there's also plants, that, a lamb's ear, which is a really soft, a velvety yes. plant that looks like the shape of a lamb's ear, mm. and they pick them off and stick them behind their ears. <laughs> See, I was thinking all smells. It's smell, but now I'm thinking, oh, yeah, of course, it's the texture Tactile. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. They, and they, um, it's funny because they're, um, one's just started kindergarten um, and there's a lot of ground cover plants that kids don't know about. There's the native violet and the little white and purple flower. My yes. boys are walking around picking them and eating them because they're edible mm. flowers mm. and the other kids are like, what are you doing? You're, you're crazy. <laughs> um, because they, they don't eat spinach, they don't eat lettuce, but they'll go home in my garden and they'll eat all the flowers out of the garden. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty incredible, yeah. Sheldon, I don't know if I've come across a, a landscape gardener who goes to such extreme lengths to create that vibe, you know? Oh, so just How did you find this guy? <laughs> well, I think it's the most day? important part. If we can't create that vibe, then mm. what are we doing? So Luke of Devo Designs, we've had so much fun having you in here today Thanks talking about sensory me. gardens, mm-hmm. but how can people get in contact with you? Well, quite easily. Um, all social media outlets. We have movies on YouTube. If you look up Devo Designs, you can see our works in progress and oh. finales. But if you wanted to put a, something in, just our website at devodesigns.com.au. So it's D-E-V-O? Correct. Um, if you just Googled Top Landscaper on the cache, you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I modest love it. Too. <laughs> modest, modest. Thank you so much for dropping in on the Garden no Gang Thank today, you Luke. It's great to be here. Gardens at Heal, wonderful topic here today. Thanks to Luke. And this is The Gardening Gang with Coast FM 963. FM, Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy with the radio show that everybody tunes to in the know in the gardening world. Yes. And talking about that, Sherlyn, mm-hmm. we've got from the Narara Valley Nursery our very good friend, Vicky. What's hot is here right now. G'day, Vic. Good morning, everybody. Hey. How are you? Hey. Now, we're very well. We'll go on to the gardening game soon. But in the meantime, tell me what's hot in the gardening world, Vicky. Well, Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare have erica or peach plants that will produce jewel-like flowers throughout autumn, winter and spring. Get 30% off faux flowers and foliage at Burbank House and Garden at Erina Heights. The wildflower place at Erina have a native isopogon called sunshine and the flower really does look like a little sun in a pot. Ooh. And if you're after 
from green to syrup of seed, you spot Noraville Green at Suesley have big, long, beautiful Ripsalis baskets, baskets that look amazing. And Waiye Nursery are having a make-your-own fairy garden workshop on the 16th of July. Tickets are available through Eventbrite. Can adults go? I so want to go and make a fairy garden. <laughs> the last I thought you'd like these faux flowers and foliage, Cheryl, and Ooh. that was your earlier The last time we heard about fairy gardens on this show was when we did the radio show from the Lizarow Primary School. Oh, that's right. We had that lovely little yeah. girl. And she yeah. was, that yes. was very popular very too sweet. at that uh, particular fate, that's wasn't right. it? The kids will love it. They would. Indeed, they would. Now, in terms of Narara Valley, what's, uh, what's popping there at the moment? Podnow Garden Centre is the exact same as it was last week because it's a super duper excellent and that's the our end of financial year sale. You'll save 20% off all full price indoor plants, native screening plants, bag soils, mulches, water features, bird baths, baths and more. And we are packed with garden goodies. So get on in and grab a bargain. Grab a bargain indeed. Mid-year sale. What's what's uh, what's happening in the, well, not the negative side? You keep your ear to the ground. Yeah. What's... Uh, what are the not so hot things? Faces on. Oh. This is a very not hot this week. Okay. We have had, well, I'm sure it happens often, but we actually caught somebody stealing one of our indoor plants. What? That is not hot. That is. That is not hot. That is so despicable. My not hot this week is were they tackled? From were they tackled to the ground? What did you oh, do? No, they weren't tackled to the ground, but they're on camera, so um, we have printed off some of the photos. And oh, it's been. Oh, they got away with it. Oh, dear idea. Yeah, okay. they did, unfortunately. Caught after the fact. <laughs> oh. And you know what, Vic? It, the other thing that's not hot, and a lot of nursery people say to me happens, and I'm always shocked at this, going into nurseries with a little pair of scissors and taking your own oh, cuttings. Yes. That is shoplifting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Cut their hands off. And it does, off. it happens, unfortunately. <laughs> Cut their hands off. Cut their hands off. That's <laughs> severe. Ban <laughs> them from gardening for life. If we were back in the medi- medieval days, possibly we could. But, um, <laughs> we're not. Yeah. It's a bit severe, but I think it's against the law. <laughs> Funny about that. Now, um... Mr. Darcy, no. have you got a story there for us that we can we can test our appropriate knowledge, Vicky and I? Because have. time for that gardening gang, true or false game. It is. Let's get going. You're playing at home as well. Now we're talking about healing gardens today, so I've got a brilliant story for you. Morris men. I don't know if you know what a Morris man is. That's right, Pete. He's starting to do the dance no. right now. So they're those fellows from the United Kingdom that dress in white and then they dan- they've got these big hats <laughs> and they dance around the walnut tree ringing bells. They've got bells hanging you know, off their ankles and, and they're weird stuff. Very weird stuff. But it's a tradition and they still do it now and they dance around with a stick and they beat the bark of the tree as well it's a big it's a big tradition it's folk dancing at its finest they've got bows and ribbons and and people in australia do it as well that you can be a morris man or person i suppose it is these days and join in and learn how to do this but have you ever wondered where morris men dancing came from why they do it why do they dance around the walnut tree some people think the beating of the sticks makes the walnuts come down, so it's, you know, it's that time of the year. Well, it does, but it's about healing. So what the Morris men did was, you know how frustrated people get, you get sort of angry. This is anger management at its finest. Oh, they just beat the crap yeah. out of themselves so, or no, their not friends. themselves, 
No. So they dance around the tree. So they ring the bell. So the bells are supposed to make them focus on something other than their problems. They dance around the walnut tree. They bang the walnut tree with these sticks and dance. And that gets rid of their anger and frustration and it makes them feel better. It's a healing thing. It's like the calling of the, the spirits because it's we're talking about people who are into druidry and all those Celtic things. So it's the calling of these gods and spirits to make them feel better. And that's why Morris men dance around the walnut tree in all the and the white is cleansing as well, the white outfits they wear. So is that well, a for what it's worth, fib? I think that's a fib, Sherilyn. I think that is a tall story. Fabricated. I'd like them to come here and beat around some shoplifters. That'd be pretty funny. Maybe that's where the term "beat around the bush" came from. I'm not quite sure. Um. Oh my goodness. I say oh, it's well, rubbish. I'm have to go. I'll have to go that it's true. Okay. People out there beating up trees. Oh, okay, well, Sherwin, what's even though the there's an old saying from uh, over there in the UK, the dog, the woman, the walnut tree, the more you beat them, the better you'll be. I, that's what they say. <laughs> but however, it's a load of rubbish. Nobody knows why they do it. They're just crazy and having a good old time. Total nonsense. <laughs> okay, well, I think I've feel well, I feel kind of comfortable you with that sorry, uh, response sorry today. Sorry about that. Well Thank done, Pete. You. Well done. Uh, well, Vicky. <laughs> Like you can see the look on her face, mate. She was obviously enjoying it so much she thought it was rubbish anyway. Oh, but I will tell you, they, there is a superstition. The more they beat the tree, actually it meant that they thought that it would grow more walnuts. So I don't know about this. It's like bash your tree, grow more walnuts. Whatever, whatever turns you on. The, flower. the vibrating the flowers. Yeah, pollinating maybe. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Okay, Vic, thanks for your time this morning. Have a lovely weekend and we'll catch you next week with more What's thanks, Hot guys. News from thanks, Narara Vicky. Valley Nursery. At home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy this morning. It's The Gardening Gang being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs. Open all this weekend at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Sherilyn, the bell is tolling. Yes. Yes. For everybody who's a gardener. And it is time for... Cheryl and Darcy to present a regular segment called Get Those Filthy Hands Dirty. <laughs> Get, Get those clean hands. hands dirty. Get them dirty. Okay, first off, what's on for plant lovers across the Central Coast? Today, the Fungal Kingdom with Anne Durkin is on. It's the July meeting of the Australian Plant Society of the Central Coast. Anna will be sharing her work as a citizen scientist in this field, educating us with her skill and knowledge and answering questions about the fungal kingdom of the Sydney and Central Coast. Coast region. It's on at 1.30 this afternoon for a 2pm start at Phillip House, 21 Old Penang Road, Carryong. Now it does cost $3 to get in there but there's lucky door prizes and guess what they are? Plants, that's what they are. So if you want to know more about it, jump online, ostplants.com.au. That's A-U-S-T, plants.com.au. They have great events and it's a great little society to join. Now, something next weekend that's on the calendar, very excited about this. The Central Coast Hunter Region Symbidian Society Incorporated has their 2023 winter show on. And it's on the 14th, 15th and 16th of July. So I'm guessing that is uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, Pete, am I correct? You got it. And it's on at the Home Co, which is the old, I think they used to call it the Supercentre, at Tugra. So it's there. It's upstairs. Judging will be conducted at the Home Co, Tugra, by the Orchid Society of New South Wales on the Friday. Very excited. We love our orchids. And... 
plants to be judged must be registered between 1pm and 3pm on Friday and judging will commence at 4pm. So you can get along there. There's lots of champion orchids and I'm told that it's not just cymbidiums. It's lots of different orchids there. So very exciting. That'll brighten that little area up. It's a little bit dark up there at times. Go up to Spotlight, jump into rivers and uh, grab a coffee and have a look at orchids. All right. How about in your garden? You've got to get in there and give compost an extra turn or two during this colder weather to help break it down a bit quicker because it can just sit there and it won't decompose very quickly. It's also the best month to prune to prune your long flowering roses. And what can you plant? Culinary herbs, artichoke suckers, asparagus crowns, beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, including Chinese cabbages, carrots, cress, kohlrabi, lettuces, mustard, onions, parsnips, peas, potatoes, rhubarb crowns, silver beet, African marigolds, delphiniums, dianthus, English daisies can be popped in now, and so so can gypsophila and spider flower and status, but not wallflowers, Pete. The wallflowers put against against the um, well, fence and shot, I think. <laughs> oh, no. 14 past nine. I don't want to hear about wallflowers for a long time. You won't. In the meantime... Feel right at home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963. We're here today at the Glengara Retirement Village and I'm walking around the most gorgeous community garden that I've been in for a while. The residents have built this. Well, some of the residents, and I've got two of the main champions. Is that what you are, boys? All right, I'm with George. Hi, George. How are you? Very, very good. Now I'm seeing your garden and also Peter as well. Hi. This garden is something that I've, I'm not familiar with when I've been to retirement villages. Usually people do their own thing. There's not really what I'd say is a community garden that you'd see out there in the suburbs. How did this come to be? We uh, just, a group of people got together and uh, decided, well, let's attempt to make a garden. Mm-hmm. We contacted Retire Australia, who then were more than happy to come on board because it was a great thing for the village. And from there, we formed a little committee and do a plan up, and away we went from there. Okay, George, Retire Australia, they own the property here? Yes, Retire Australia owns the property, and uh, we just manage it now. Well, you're managing it really, really well. There's some fantastic winter crops in here, and I'm loving them. Peter, were there any legal things that you had to jump through to get this built? No legal things, but we did need to contact Retire Australia, Mm -hmm. and also our residence committee come on board, and they funded it um, about 50-50 you can say. Oh, 50. So you guys had to put your hand in your pocket for the rest? Only the residence committee, not the residents themselves. The residence committee had um, funds that they made available and Retire Australia made funds that had funds that they made available. Mm -hmm. And we got a contractor in to do the hard work. But the um, rest of us got in and filled the beds with different things. They're raised beds here. And a little birdie already told me, George, that this is a special type of gardening that you undertook here. And I, again, I keep saying I'm impressed, but I am. So what sort of gardens are these? These are huber culture gardens, which are filled with timber logs and everything in the base and then Mm -hmm. gradually getting smaller come up and then put leaf mulch and mulch on top and then the topsoil and that's how we survive. That's it and the idea behind this is so that the logs rot. Right, the logs rot away and that, that supplies extra nutrients for the for the plants that we grow. And um, Peter, who gardens here? Is it just your committee or is it everybody here? No, it's a group of people who have joined what we call the 
the community garden club or group, for want of a better word, mm-hmm. um, there's about 30, I think, 35 people involved across the village. They come at various times and do a bit of weeding, gardening, watering if necessary. But with the weather we've had, we haven't had to do much watering. Uh, and people just get in, but they take what they need to take from the garden. Oh, the harvest, so, Yeah, you're the harvest. They don't take more, or we don't want them to take more mm-hmm. than what they they can eat at the time um, just so mm. it leaves stuff it leaves produce for other people and the planning here who planned out the garden well we knew that we had to set it up so it had a good firm base that people on mobility scooters or other walkers could get around mm-hmm. we spaced the beds out so that they could move around quite easily it was a lot of, of toing and froing as to how we were going to fit the beds in we were given a specific area that we couldn't extend past mm. so then we had to work out the size of the beds and how they best fitted into the garden area right and it's it's the design's lovely it's not i heard uh you saying that the original design looked a little bit like a graveyard, <laughs> which yeah, is not what we want to look at it every no, time no, at a no, village. No, uh, no, but it's not like that at all. It's really organic. We've got things on beautiful angles here, and still, it's easy to get around as well. So, George, can you just give me a rundown of some of the things that are growing here right now? Well, presently, we have uh, carrots, spinach, um, parsley. We've got a couple of our wild tomatoes that come up with mm. cabbage, cauliflower and broccoli. Right. All in and all in coming along very well. And uh, Peter, what do you enjoy eating from here the most? I think I just enjoy the community spirit that we've got here now mm-hmm. with the community garden. And it's encouraged a lot of people to come and talk to other people that they necessarily wouldn't. Um, and it's a group now that work together. The other village um, residents can join at any time and um, we've just got a program to go through with them um, so that they now understand what they're getting into. And it's only a couple of years old as well, George, I'm led to believe. Yes, it is. It's, it's about three to four years old, all, all told. Um, mm. But besides that, we've had other villagers come and have a look at how we've done this and how we finished it, and they, they've been back two or three times. Have they? This and is the greatest thing ever. And are they going to do it themselves? Yes, they've started... Um, started planning theirs now to lay it out in a similar fashion. That's wonderful. All right, Peter and George, thank you so much for joining us on the Gardening Gang today. I'm going to go and have a nibble of some of these tomatoes and uh, I'll I'll just, I might just borrow a couple of chilies, all right? I'm not going to take more than I need, I promise. All right. You can take as many chilies as you want. Oh, really? (laughs) You guys aren't into the chilies. Okay. We're at Glengara Retirement Village in their beautiful community garden built by the residents here. A great success. Well done, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. This is the Gardening Gang. And uh, Sherilyn, if you just open the door there, you'll yeah. see our little maid of oh. the markets. <laughs> Hello, Doreen. Uh, Doreen's coming our way. Doreen, what's, Here on, I what's am. on for the weekend? Well, hi, guys. Uh, Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of George Sands Drive and Blood Tree Road. They raise funds for the local community and specialise in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. And I did hear from the YE Markets, they're not on today, so um, don't toddle on up there. Is that the wind? Um, could be, yeah. I, I think the windy yeah, days we're expecting quite a bit of, uh, you know, strong winds today. So, mm. yeah, it can be a worry. Okay. But, um, so that's it for today. Okay, let's mm. turn the page here and check out the markets for tomorrow.
Okie dokes, Tookley Lions Club markets are on near Coles at Tookley between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and find some bargains. And Gosford City Farmers Markets are being held tomorrow between 7 and 1 and they have live entertainment. They're reminding us that they've had a revamp and inviting us along to check it out. There's a wide variety of goods, including fresh produce, rustic breads, pasta, deli items and crepes. And Woi Woi Waterfront Markets are on tomorrow between 9 and 2. It's all things creative, so think of well-being, flowers and candles. Now, they have food stalls too, and I did see they look like some really nice, yummy foods there, so I think I might be toddling on that one, toddling off to that one. They remind you of the Salamanca Markets in Hobart. I know you are there oh, during the week. Oh, I know, I do. I do like a little bit of, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, all those sort of yummy things. Okay. But anyway, I did notice they do have some nice little gourmet things to nibble on. Now, it's on at Brick Wharf Road, Woi Woi. And the Central Coast Ferries are running services from Empire Bay, Davistown and Saratoga. And wrapping it up, the Entrance Lions Club Charity Market is being held again tomorrow between 8.30 and 12.30. It's on in the Denning Street car park opposite Coles. So browse through their second-hand goods and specialty items. Hey, Doreen, great stuff. Thanks, Doreen. We'll catch you next week, okay? Coast FM 963. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. It is the Gardening Gang. And right now we've got uh, Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners back on the radio. Uh, good morning to you, Lachlan. Good morning. Morning, Lachlan. I was prompted by an article in the uh, Sydney paper that talked about those suburbs in the big smoke that no one wants to quit. That mm-hmm. being the places that are very tightly held and nobody wants to move out. Places like, you know, Kirribilli and Watson's Bay and all those filthy rich places, but even including Whale Beach, which geographically, of course, is very close to the Central Coast. Thinking about our region here, uh, would you have any idea of those suburbs, Lachlan, if someone came to you and said, I want to buy a place in blah, 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 and you'd go, oh, fat chance, there's only about three or four of those sold a year. Uh, Mm. The tightly held suburbs on the Central Coast, Lachlan, let's uh, talk about them. Well, Pete, uh, they mirror quite closely the tightly held suburbs in Sydney in that they have a lot of similar characteristics. Generally, they are the more expensive suburbs. And there's a few reasons why those suburbs tend to be more tightly held. Is uh, Firstly, the changeover costs are exponentially greater the more expensive the property. Mm-hmm. Um, so people generally tend to, to not want to change properties too much if they're going to incur massive stamp duty to just sort of make a sideways move. Um, and also, a lot of those properties tend to be what we'd call an end game property. You know, that people are sort of, well, where do we go from here? We have one of the best sort of locations uh, we can possibly open for, okay. so where, where do we go? Exactly. Um, well, I suppose you'd go OS, but uh, that would be <laughs> the only reason you'd probably want to leave. Yeah. There's no upgrade, not really much upgrade potential in a lot of those suburbs that you mentioned. And But it is the same on the coast. So if you look at some of the suburbs that we know are, are, are very popular and, and quite exclusive, um, the sales volumes are very, very low. So far this year in um, Matcham, there's been nine sales. In Holgate, there's been eight. Point Frederick, there's only been five sales of, of freestanding houses. Yeah, a lot of units there, but we're not counting a lot units. More units. Yeah. That's right, but yeah. that's a different market. But if we're looking at freestanding houses, yep. only five. Yeah. Um, so again, very tightly held. And um, Cheryl, and if we look up up north a little yep. bit further, Norahead, six uh, sales so far this year. Six. Oh, you're hard pressed to buy a 
place to gnaw mm. a head, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a beauty. Yeah. I, I, I called an auction up, up that way recently, and um, I was uh, saying to the crowd that they probably wouldn't get an opportunity like this anytime soon. It seems that's the case, but look at the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, well, it's beautiful. You've got Soldiers Beach there. You're close to Newcastle. But it's also a really nice place to retire, I have to say. It is. I think that's what a lot of people you live in You know a couple of area. people who are very close to you that live I there. do. I've yeah. got friends that live in Nora Head, and I know the house has been... Move. No, they've had it for 66 <laughs> years, they told me. <laughs> 66 How years. How old guy, 110. They're older, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've had it since the days of the fishing shack, I suppose. <laughs> it's not a shack anymore. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I, the thought struck me, you know, we, we know that Terrigal's one of the sought-after places on the coast, but there's a fair bit of stock to turn over, so that wouldn't figure as being one of the places that they regard as no-one wants to quit. Uh, what about, um, you know, places like uh, Forrester's Beach and some of those... Other desirable spots uh, just uh, north of um, Terrigal yeah. there? Look, I mean, Forrester's Beach has had reasonable turnover this year, certainly not to the level of, of Terrigal. I mean, to give you an idea, in a normal 12-month period, Terrigal can have something like, you know, 280 sales. My word. Incredible yeah. amount of sales. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's quite high turnover, not because it's not popular, just because, uh, there's a lot of properties in the suburb and it's, it's quite, um, you know, it attracts sure. people for various reasons. Yeah. Um, it generally tends to be those suburbs that are um, more like that, like we said, like Nora Head. They're sort of the type of places where people buy a house as a holiday property. Maybe it's been in the family for a long time. And Tawoon Bay is very similar. There's only been five sales in Tawoon Bay this year. We were also talking about Catherine Hill Bay as well, you know, being right on the border there. And, yeah. Um, that's very low turnover, six sales this year. Only a small suburb, of course. But, yes. uh, again, people tend to, when they do grab something in these suburbs, they tend to hold on. One of the cutest suburbs, I think, on the coast uh, is Wagstaff. Ah, oh, yes. Or that that little area there, the Wagstaff area, they've got yes. the little club there and a few. That's I think lovely. they've got a, a spot uh, to jump on the ferry. Mm-hmm. Maybe Wagstaff is one of those uh, that you don't want to quit, mate? Uh, mate, yeah, again, very low turnover. Only one sale in oh. Wagstaff this, this year. So, oh. No one's um, leaving I Wagstaff. <laughs> I missed the. I thought that'd be a lovely place to fully retire to, but I missed the yeah. annual sale in you Wagstaff. <laughs> 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 lucky. No. It, it's funny. I think it, it's just that the smaller the suburb and being tightly held go hand in hand, just principally because, like, if you're looking, as you say, you go, well, you know, once you get something, if you did decide to move yeah, around, you yeah, just where can't do you go? See anything else? Just, yeah, where do you go? Where do you what do you go? do? So, yeah. yeah, good point. Well, there you go. That's the story. There are suburbs on the coast that uh, are becoming increasingly desirable because nobody's going to sell. <laughs> no, no. <that's> <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, thanks, uh, Lachlan. It was worthwhile having a bit of a chat about those suburbs here uh, on the property report this morning. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Lachlan. No worries. Cheers. There's Lockheed McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners with the gang this morning at Coast FM. I've got that music in me. There's Kiki D, Coast FM 963 with the Gardening Gang and those great classic hits 10 minutes before 10. Mish Martin after 10 with the What's On Show. Talking about What's On Show, Lynn, mm-hmm. I came across a little... Uh, item, an item? Yes. A little item on the uh, internet. Would have been Facebook. 
explaining a very local personality interviewing Rachel Ward <laughs> coming up soon at the Avoca Beach Picture Theatre. And that name was Cheryl and Darcy. Oh. A long-distance relation or could no, it be you? No. Oh, yes, it is me. It is me. I'm actually on a panel with Rachel Ward and we're being introduced by the very lovely Murray Lowe's. People know her as Dirt Girl as well from ABC TV. She's moderating and it's it's all about Rachel Ward's new movie, Rachel's Farm. It's about her journey to regenerate her farm and herself as well. I've seen little clips of it. It looks amazing. This is a special screening, an advanced screening, and it's on Thursday the 27th of July at 6.30pm at the Avoca Picture Theatre. And I'm very, very honoured to be asked to sit up there with Rachel to present this film and very excited as well, I have to say, Pete. So you're not bosom buddies yet? No, we're not bosom buddies yet. Not at all. I, I've been asked in the context of being uh, the co presenter here at uh, Coast FM. And it is all about how the farming revolution of regenerative farming is something that women can really get into because you don't need brute strength to do this sort of farming. And it's all about looking after our land as well. It's an amazing film where Rachel talks about her own willful ignorance about the ecological impacts of conventional agriculture when her and her husband, Brian Brown, started this farm and now she's a champion of this movement to restore the health of farmland, food and climate. It's a wonderful film. It's really heartwarming. I've only seen snippets of it. I'm not allowed to even see the film beforehand <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to, to sharing this experience. Rachel will be talking and taking questions about the film as well and I'll be talking about how just everyday people with just small gardens or even no gardens can help with this regeneration of our land. Uh, that's what I call a brush with fame. It will be. Van Morrison here at Coast FM 963, home of the classic hits. The Gardening Gang wraps for another week. What's on next week, Cheryl, and what's planned? It's all about pruning. Some of us are scared of it, but oh. we should all be doing it. Okay, we'll talk tools next week.